It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic. We're recording on a different day today. It is Monday, February 17th, because it's Jeff's fault, because he was away. So blame him if this episode. Oh, I'm will sorry. Be. It was a long weekend. You know, I had to go like to New Brunswick to celebrate Nova Scotia Heritage Day. And yes, I I know I know that was that was that was that that, that was almost too perfect, wasn't it? Um, but uh, nope not not Valentine's Day with the sweetie. It's no 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 we don't do we don't do Valentine's Day. The, the we can it just happened to be like you know the same one because it was happened to be the long weekend. You don't do. Hey. Th- oh my god, romance Her is work. dead. No, no, no. She's the one want to know part of this, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, okay. So she doesn't like candy and flowers. Um, yeah, I was I was told in no uncertain terms to to. They, I was told like this isn't a test. No, the answer is just straight up don't do it. I'm like, okay. Revoke her female card right away. Anyway, I'm VA. You just heard from <laughs> Jeff. You can say hello. Hi. And <laughs> Tim is staying right the hell out of this. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> First of all, it's nice to get, like, I, I understand. Don't go all out. You don't have to go crazy. I got a box of chocolates and some roses, and I'm pleased as punch. I re- got to go see some fish. <gasps> oh my god, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But yeah, <laughs> I repotted a plant that meant something to my husband, and he was very touched because I picked out a new planter and repotted it. And Josephina, yes, because the plant now is, she told me when I did all of the work that her name was Josephina. She really likes a lot of talking and and comfort. Josephina is very happy right now in her new digs. So. Everything's very good. But uh, yeah, we did. We went to, um, we're members of the New England Aquarium, and we went to uh, the That's Amore. Yes, <laughs> spelled like moray eel. That's Amore uh, dinner and adult night at the, uh, at the uh, aquarium, which is fabulous. Always go to the adult. You get to hang out, have have a glass of wine with a bunch of penguins. Like it seems like an all cross win. (laughs) Well, the penguins were dark because they're well because they needed it because they need to like certain exhibits. They turned off the lights because of they did circadian rhythms and all that stuff, right? But they're penguins. Like circadian rhythms don't really mean much when you live in Antarctica. Yes, I know they're all non-Antarctic penguins. That's besides the point. Um. <laughs> well, the, the penguins needed a little downtime. They they have a lot of daytime duties. So, yeah. So, but we got to see all sorts of other things. Oh, we got. Oh my God, I got a great picture of Myrtle the turtle. She came right up to me in the glass. Um, and uh, you know, so they did certain certain things. They talked about shark reproduction and all sorts of things about the big tank and uh, that was fun. And, um, you know, I got to tell you, if I ever say that I'm going to the aquarium and you know that you're going to the aquarium too, a good place to spot me is at the shark and Ray tank. Cause I'm there all the time. I want to touch all the sharks. Well, not the sharks. Sorry. I want to touch all the rays. And I did that with my frilly 
overly sized bell sleeve. Um, I managed to try to do that. And uh, I asked my husband, do you think that they would mind if I went in and swam with them? And he said, no, I don't think the rays would mind at all. So there you go. Yep, there was wine. There was the that's a more punch, which had rum in it. And I drank it and it wasn't too rummy. So that was good. I had a couple of those little, little plates of food. Um, and I learned something very important. If they have dessert, get to the dessert before it's even served. Like just stand there because people will take two or three or five of something. And then you're left trying to like fight somebody for the last. No, clip those motherfuckers into the shark tank. Go full bond on them. God damn it. Oh, God. I just, we couldn't get down there soon enough, but I managed to, to wrestle one. This guy, he was looking at, at doing it. And I was just like, I will fight you. I will fight yeah, I will you for fight that. You the motherfucking penguins. <laughs> I just shot a look at him and he he backed away from it. (laughs) He already had one, one per customer. Um, So anyway, yeah. Uh, And I got that for Glenn because I don't really care about pies, although they did have chocolate ganache. So that was something. So anyway, yes, Valentine's Day can be fun and it can be low key and it should never be super expensive gifts because why? Why would you spend like huge amounts of money? Just, you don't need to do that to be romantic. So, so here we are. We're going to talk about the Bruins. Last week I had Nick on, um, which was nice. I wasn't sure uh, how the episode was going to be, but it was pretty smooth. We, uh, the old chemistry was back. Um, Yes, I I did tell um, Nick that I never want to see him in the bathroom with a stick ever again. Uh, (laughs) Oh, oh, he he went all out with that for, 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 for that, did he? I mean, I kind of respect, I kind of respect it, but at the same time, oh God, Nick, really? He did that a long <laughs> time ago, and he's never done it since. So credit to to Nick for not doing that again. Yeah, we talked about sticks, we talked about equipment. Apparently, there is a whole hockey equipment Twitter and hockey equipment uh, Reddit that uh, that Nick is a part of. So that was interesting. I did not know that. Oh wow. So this week we are going to talk about a bunch of Bruins things and uh, seeing that it's only a week, (laughs) it's actually less than seven whole days now until the trade deadline. It won't be our last uh, uh, pre-deadline show probably, but um, it's the last one that'll be out before the deadline. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I could, I could, we could record... Actually, the smarter thing to do, we record next Monday night. We'll figure that out. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I could record something. I mean, I could I could I could put something out that's really raw. And I every bone in my body, every fiber of my being does not like doing that. But yeah, well, you know. we'll discuss amongst ourselves after what we'll do. <laughs> OK, <boss>. anyway. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, it's okay. Come on. Jeez. All right. A couple of trades have happened this past weekend that have made, or in the last week, I should say, that have made things a little more difficult for the Boston Bruins. Yeah. So there's been three trades in the last week. So it's just pretty lean this close to the deadline, but it's what it is. We'll ignore the middle one because it's kind of irrelevant to the Bruins. Um, That would be the the anti-green trade. and It affects Boston in no way. No. Thank God we're not in the defenseman market based on that, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hooray, uh, Jeremy Lozon. We'll get back to that. <laughs> I thought that Sweeney said he wanted to pick up somebody 
on on the defensive side, and I, and we all were like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and then but the, but then but then Jeremy Lozon happened. Oh, he did. He happened all over the place too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's doing all kinds of happening. I respect it. <laughs> um, we're still talking hockey here, or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all. I know nothing about him other than hockey stuff. I know lots of things about other yeah. players, but I, I mean, I know that. for hockey stuff, and then I know he's um. He played while well, he played for Ruin Randy. He was from Valdor. So yeah, that's about it. Yeah, um, we just know hockey stuff, Tim. It's nothing gratuitous or gossipy. It's just that, you know, he happened and then he got suspended, you know, so he happened then he that way. he some more and then got a contract. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so. Um, a great contract. Two years, um, uh, 850, I believe. Yep. Yep, two years, 850,000 next year and the year after. That's awesome. So between that and Clifton, I'm pretty sure the, se- the six, seven defenseman slots are locked down for the foreseeable future at a beautiful cost. Anyway, and that's in no particular order. Right. Both of them serve different purposes. Right. So anyway, that's the end of Green Trade. Thank God we're not looking for defensemen because um, uh, Dylan, 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 Brandon Dylan, and Dylan DeMello, and and the same Vatten are all going to be very expensive for whoever decides to trade for them. So Is anyway, Dylan Dylan Vatten, <laughs> Brandon Dylan, comma Dylan DeMello. I know. Well, I, no, no, no. I mean, it, it would be great if we could just name them all Dylan in some way. Right. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just making fun of the fact that, you know, the two. Sammy Dilatinen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm not making fun yes. of you. I'm just making fun of their names. That's all. <laughs> Anyways, so there were two relevant ones. First was last Monday, February 10th. Pittsburgh finally traded after like what seems like the better part of a year of this being a thing. Uh, traded for Jason Zucker. Zucker. Uh, and in exchange for the uh, – from for okay, let's face it. Alex Galchenyuk was involved, but he's not relevant here. For, for, for a, a conditional first and their top prospect – Kalen Addison. And also, and also Alex Galchenyuk. So essentially, um, in, in aggregate, they've traded um, Phil Kessel for Jason Zucker, Kalen Adelson, Pierre-Olivier Joseph, and a first. Okay. Um, I was talking to Ben about this this weekend because I said, what the hell is up with Galchenyuk? And he said, kid just doesn't have it. That's probably what's going on. This is his fourth team. He's still an RFA. You know, though, he could potentially afterwards start finding homes on a cheap contract and, be, and rebuild. Sort of a Sam Gagne, sort of what I'm thinking. Mm. Both of them flashed younger, right? They're going UFA and they're going UFA young after having sort of flamed out. Moved around a few times before the end and then he may be able to carve himself out a home afterwards. But I mean, we'll see. There are players like Duclair. Anthony Duclair, who take a while to find the right place or the right situation, or they just get their heads out of their asses. You know what I mean? And 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 learn how to make the situation work for them. I'm not saying before anybody jumps on me about Anthony Duclair, I'm not saying he had his head up his ass. I'm just saying that it took Things him a while. Altogether. It took it took some time to put him together. 
That's why I'm thinking what's going to happen with him. He's going to probably go UFA. Someone will bring him into camp on a PTO, sign him for league men, and be very, very happy with that contract next year. Right. Well, because he's he'll be worth a gamble on those terms because he is a former 30 goal scorer. Right. There's something that there is something there. It's just you got to understand that if you don't get that, you get jack fuck all because there's nothing else. Do you think that Claude ruined him like he ruined Ryan Spooner? <laughs> I got comments at Claude's expense later, but anyway. Uh. Well, you know, it's really funny because we, we mentioned Ryan Spooner this morning in the MFA, and I had to look it up. He's not with a team right now. Not even with uh, Dynamo Minsk. Really? He gave a release from the freaking K- from a KHL team? He is not anywhere. You can't find him. He, I think he's probably in Canada. I mean, you can guarantee wherever he is, he's just LARPing and DJing and being Ryan fucking Spooner. Hey, maybe that's the thing to do. You know, uh, that poor kid, though, he just uh, he flamed out pretty spectacularly. But but anyway, getting back to the uh, Jason Zucker thing. One, I love my members of the tribe. Too bad he's in Pittsburgh. Um, uh, Las Vegas, some uh, native. So the fact that he never ended up in Vegas is kind of uh, something else. I know. I really wish he were there. That's the only reason Derek Engeland's still in the league is because he's from Las Vegas. (laughs) Well, yeah, he made his home there. Zucker actually grew up there. I feel kind of bad for for Zucker's wife because uh, although maybe she can do her show from anywhere because she is part of like the K-Fan or something out there at Minnesota. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, she's an on-air personality. So, I mean, it could be that she could do it from anywhere. Right now, I think she's staying in Minnesota. So, with the kids. So, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, and Zucker, Zucker, in German means sugar. Anyway, so the Pittsburgh Penguins have Jason Zucker now, which that's just terrifying, frankly. I mean, he's a very, very nice player, and that's not that bad a place to pay. On the whole, and he's got a lot of term, right? So I'm like, that actually looked like things might not be so bad, because considering Galchenyuk was just a cap dump. And okay, top prospect and a conditional first, but it was for a player of Zucker's caliber, signed for three more years. Now, this is what's really interesting. NBC was talking about that trade last week, and they were talking about it as if, like, uh, Boudreaux had lost the room and that players were just, like, they didn't want to be there anymore, so that this... Well, Boudreaux did get had... fired yesterday. Yes. Or was it the day before? It was sometime in the last few days. <laughs> but they, they said that, uh, what's his name, Garen? Bill Garen? Yeah. He's the M- uh, the GM? Luigi. Yeah, he... Yeah. um. He sent Zucker out as kind of a message, like, if you don't want to be here, you're not going to be here. And I'm just sitting there like, that's probably great. Why would you want to be with the wild? (laughs) Well, you know, interesting thing about that, and you know why I think that's probably why Zucker was sort of feeling that way is, remember last year, um, Paul Fenton, in a particularly catastrophic trade deadline for the Minnesota Wild, let's freaking face it, shipped out all of the, the, the team's entire middle age players, except for Zucker. Hmm. Granlund. Yep. Coyle. Nita Ryder. Yep. The four of them all entered the league right around the same time. Their their closest comrades would be um, uh, Brodeen and um, uh, and Dumba, who, of course, incidentally, there's all sorts of rumors around the two of them now. Weird. Yep. So, like, and that's a ho- interesting thing because they're an old team and they're hollowing out their middle age. 
are they trying to do what the Bruins have done where they have like a bunch of people in their 30s and then a bunch of people in their early 20s? <laughs> Just remember how old their people in their 30s are. Parise is 35. Koivu is 36. Zuccarello is 32. Stahl is 35. Ryan Suter's 35. Jared Spurgeon's 30. Dubnik's 32. Yeah, he's 33. Stalock is 32. Like, that's... A, those are a lot of... Like, remember, their guys in their 30s are the same age as our older guys, not not counting Chara, who are in their 30s. Or in in the case of uh, Koivu, older. Well, remember last season... The, I don't know if you heard about this after the coil trade. And this came out some, some period of time later. Uh, the Bruins tried to get Stahl. And they, they, they offered up Corrali as one of the pieces in that deal. Um, but so ultimately, they were trying to get both then in that case. No, they, they were trying to get Stahl first. And then they got coil for like nothing. Right, right. Well, what happened with Stahl was like he just came back to the club and he said... I want to resign. I want to be here. Well, it's just, they, he's for two more years, but they only have three and a quarter, three, three point three and a quarter million. Like, honestly, that isn't like, even, even as Stahl is 35 and starting to show it this season, like that's a great deal. Cause like I've, Eric Stahl's never been my favorite player, but he's still Eric Stahl. <laughs> and I, I think that where they are is not too terribly far from thunder, thunder, thunder Bay. Uh, correct. That's not far at all from Thunder Bay, as far as NHL teams go. Nope, nope, and that's where his family's from. So, yep. I'm rather honestly, huh? Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal there, from what I understand. Yeah. So, so basically, I mean, I I've been to Thunder Bay. I've I've spent a night there, like literally, like slept there. It it took us all night to get to Thunder Bay. Oh, but when we got there, it was great. And the Tim Hortons, the Timmy uh, Hortons is not that bad there. So, in the Tim Hortons, there's not a lot of variants unless they're like the ones where everyone just says, fuck it, I'm not going inside. I'm getting in line for take out for, for drive through this morning out of principle, like Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and it blocks the road because the line goes onto the street and keeps going. However, you bypass the line, pull in and park, you are out before any of them move. I hate drive through so much for the passion. Anyway, it's evil, it's awful. There's no good way to use it. <laughs> I, I've had bad experiences with Timmy Hortons down here, or down in Rhode Island. There were two. There was one at URI that closed, and then there was one on the island, which also closed and became a Dunkin' there Donuts. Was, there used to be one in Pawtucket as well, and it's now closed. Yeah, it just didn't do well. I mean, everything was Well, I mean, weren't they, weren't they just like the, the, the gutted out remains of, uh, of Bess Eaton's or whatever? Did, yes, like, that is very true. That's exactly what they were. Bess Eaton's. I have very fond memories of Bess Eaton's as a child. Because we had been, the Bess Eaton's where I lived in, in Washington County. There was a Bess Eaton's that wasn't a Dunks. Down in that part of Rhode Island, it, Dunkin' Donuts didn't have the presence that it did everywhere else. That's true. Anyway, that was your Rhode Island minute. <laughs> this has been Southern Rhode Island with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> With Jeff's increasingly fuzzy childhood memories. <laughs> <laughs> you hold on to those. Anyway, so we just talked a bunch about the wild and I'm kind of upset about that. <laughs> well, we had to we had to we had to set the table for the other trades that came up. Yes. So anyway, this was a good sign. It looked like okay, that's what it takes to get someone with that much term. Kyle Palmieri can't couldn't be too bad, right? Then 
then last night happened. The devil's traded um, Blake Coleman. Which, before you can finish saying who, yes, I know, I know that was everyone's reaction, but the guy's got consecutive, like, 20-something goal seasons. It's great defensively. It's, throw, it's an old throwback. Um, uh, throws weight around him. Um, defend, defensive scoring forward. All three zone player plays all three zone positions. Would have been so perfect. Oh, did I mention his cap? It is $1.8 for this year and <sighs> next. That cap hit. I saw, when I saw that, I was like, no. Oh, he would be so good on the Bruins, and Sean Crowley already knows him. Yeah, and he said, it's just like this is this is so the fact that the Bruins didn't get him is a calamity because honestly, I I thought for ages this guy would be a great get, but I'm like, no, with the, the Devils aren't going to trade this guy with a year of term too. <sighs> like Rock, yeah, he's like Diet Kyle Palmieri. He probably would. We, and who acquires him with the fucking light? Yeah, that that. Is the thing that really gets me because I'm like, you know, Lightning, you don't need to get better. You're fine. You're fine. You're really good right now and are probably going to pass Boston and we're probably going to face fucking Toronto in the first round again. Kill me now, please. Dear God. <sighs> what did I say at the beginning of the season? I didn't want that. I don't want that either because eventually, because, you know, the only way Toronto's ever getting past the first round is through us, right? If they play someone else in the first round, they probably lose again. But. No, I, you know what? I actually think there's a way they can get through the first round without playing us, but they won't be as beat up. These two teams go at it because they hate each other. And then they'd play us in the second round. I mean, honestly, like either way, we're playing to Toronto. It's it's <sighs> Toronto, do the right thing. Drop to wild card one. <laughs> yes. Florida, I thought you were supposed to save us. Uh, they're four points back of Toronto right now. But with two games in hand. Well, I mean, the good thing is, is that Toronto is how many points behind us? 16. Yeah, I love that. A lot, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and now and Boston has now opened up a little bit more gap on Tampa, although Tampa still has a game in hand. But we're they're back up to, three point, uh, to a three-point. Uh, Tampa is either playing tonight or tomorrow. Super, okay. But, like, everyone's hurt, so that helps. <laughs> I mean, like, Anyway, I don't even know. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking Tampa got Blake Coleman, who cost nothing. They're going to have a big cap crunch this year, and he's not going to affect it, which means he's still useful to them next year. So in addition to Tampa getting Blake Coleman, you know what pisses me off about this? A, Tampa can still get a rent, can still get a high-dollar rental because they, no fucking around, have current cap space of $6 million, mm. which means that – their deadline and have a deadline cap space of seven million dollars, which means they no joke can add more. Plus, they still have a first rounder mm. because well, and I haven't gotten to the price yet because this is the other fuckery. They still have a first rounder because this was the Vancouver's first that they got for JT Miller. Oh. So, like, honestly, like this, they, like, 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 no one's talking about this, but like Tampa can clearly go out and get more. And if they've already traded their best, their best forward prospect and one of the two firsts. Obviously, they're pushing all in. They recognize they're going to have to blow the team the fuck up this year because of a bunch of a bunch of RFAs plus Vasilevsky becomes extremely expensive next year. So, like, they can do more. Like, I don't know if they can outbid, but they might not be able to outbid Boston for for, for Kreider now. But they could do it. Like, I don't know if they have, I don't have though they have the currency to outbid Boston for Kreider hypothetically. Again, assuming Boston's bidding on Kreider, but like they have the space to take him on. I mean. And if they wanted to commit enough years firsts and stuff, they could probably, you know, go get Kreider and and another big ticket item. Like, 
with that kind of, of deadline cap space. And remember, everyone's cap hit is prorated at the deadline. So, like, you have $7 million, it doesn't mean you can only take on players with equivalent of $7 million cap hit, plus there's retention. Like, holy goddamn fuck, like, that team could absolutely just go nuclear, su- nuclear super weapon on this one. Uh, and the thing is, is that uh, Tampa tends to be New York Rangers South, or the New York Rangers retirement home. That's where this. That's where Rags players go. They go to Tampa. Shat and Gherkin McDonough are there right now. Ryan Callahan before them. And Brian Boyle and Anton Strawman, both of whom are now with, with the Cats. But anyway. And, uh, and of course, JT Miller came from the Rags, ended up there before going elsewhere. Like, like um, And of course, Vlad, Nemest- well, Vlad Nemestikov went the other direction. That's a little weird. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that they're good trade partners and... It is like the retirement home. So, ugh. like, like the point is they can do it again. I don't know if they're going to leverage the future that much, but like, if you got a team that good, and you're going to have to blow it up next year, this year in order to pay your RF, your your next gen, and like, yeah, you do that, right? Yep. Especially because yep. that's a group that keeps like getting super close and not making it. Like the number of conference finals appearances that core has made. And they have a cup finals appearance too that they lost to that they lost to Chicago. And remember, last year they got swept in the first round, which means that Brisbane and Cooper are fucking super motivated right now. <laughs> Especially Cooper. <laughs> they make an early exit again. Cooper's gone, right? Maybe but he's been ju- a coach for he's been their coach for a very long time. I know, but he had just signed a new deal last year. I mean, that didn't protect John Hines, now did it? Of course, John Hines is a different animal altogether. Um, yeah, and he's with a different animal altogether in the, the Predators. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, uh, went from one an example of cryptozoology onwards to paleozoology. Excellent. <laughs> Maybe he could go to the wild. Next. So he upgraded to from from didn't from doesn't exi- from doesn't actually exist to did exist once. So that's 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 progress. So like next he's going to play for like a real animal. Like I don't know, the sharks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the last uh, outrage about this Blake Coleman trade is that he cost a fucking first. Again, Vancouver's first, remember, has more value than Boston's first, probably. And Nolan Foote, their best forward prospect. Now, I don't suspect Nolan Foote is Jack Studnicka. That's probably, this is probably more comparable to, like, Lauko and, uh, well, no, maybe not. No, probably, no, 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 Lauko, probably, probably Frederick. No, fuck, I don't even know who, because, like, John Beecher? Feature in a first. Tim, this is this is your time. <laughs> yeah, I I don't like how much they gave up for Blake Coleman. I just don't like it. It doesn't not, bode well. It's not good. Think about how much if that's what it costs for Blake Coleman, how much do you think it costs for Kyle Palmieri? That's yeah. genuinely clearly Studnica and a first. Yeah. Minimum. Well, it's interesting that you said that because Connor Ryan came out with something yesterday where he was talking about uh, all the things that the Bruins are probably going to have to part with. It mix and match kind of situation to get anybody to get any help on this roster. First, he said some of the higher prospects down in the AHL. So now whether or not they would be willing to part with a Stadica, probably not. Frederick, maybe there was a John Beecher's name was uh, he's not in the AHL, but you know, they're, they, they might have to give up some other prospects in other places like John Beecher. They might have to 
possibly entertain the idea of a roster player. And I think that is a likely thing. It's going to be a roster player. It's probably going to be a combination of roster player, maybe a prospect and maybe a draft pick. You know, they also threw David Backus's contract on the table, but apparently what's stalling that kind of stuff is that he still hasn't really moved. It hasn't waived his no move clause or his no trade clause. Um, so he's still got that eight team list, which is like, nobody wants you just, you want an opportunity to get out of here. Then now's your chance. But uh, that would also probably be with some salary retainment a la Matt Bolesky. There is also talk that they might have to part with one of the defensemen, if that is uh, one of the younger defensemen, like a Lausanne, like a Clifton. Using Clifton might not be awful, because I have worries about how much he actually is. And we have a window before people figure that out, if that's the case. But anyway. <laughs> he He's also on LTIR assignment in Providence right now. So, like, he's on his way back. Well, yeah, they were thinking he was going to come back this weekend, but apparently he did not come back this weekend. So the thing is, it's this. If you ask me which of the defensive guys that I would entertain giving up in a trade of of Lausanne and Clifton, I would say Clifton all day. Just would. Clifton's found money. Yeah. Lausanne is a time investment by the team, among other things. Honestly, I think uh, Lausanne has better upside. I agree completely. Clifton's very boomer bust. You know, when he's on, he's great. But when he's off, that chaos, the, the chaos he plays with is not pr- is not good to look at. So yeah. what if he turns out that off is the more common scenario? What if what he was in the playoffs last year was a bit of a flash in the pan and what he's been most of this season when he wasn't injured is more like is more real. You know what might be fun for New Jersey is to get a hometown guy who's a young defenseman who's cheap. Right? An instant fan favorite because he plays with a certain amount of chaos. Mm-hmm. If you're not a team trying to be good yet, necessarily, a little bit older than your two new flag franchise centers that you're trying, that you're saying you want you, you want to get teams that players that can grow around them because he's still pretty raw. Yeah, but Clifton's not that old. He's like what twenty no, four. Yeah. yeah, a little bit older than those guys, but you know, close and and still pretty raw. So there's there's growth room there, right? There's a lot of promise. He might he might not shake out, but like he could be a piece. He could be a piece that you could use and a piece in this trade because it wouldn't be one for one, obviously. <laughs> I mean, the counterpoint would be to like, in best case, team unloads John Moore and keeps the two of them as your seven eight play play whichever one's appropriate at a time. Or your or it's your six seven rather. Well, John Moore was another person that he offered up in his takes on who could go from the roster. Uh, he, he doesn't have a place on this team anymore, I don't think. Um, I would argue he may- maybe never did, but that's okay. Well, also, yes. But, it, you know, we've always been puzzled by this signing in various aspects, right? While we might be fine with the signing in one way, we're just like, why this? Why five years? Okay, now we understand it's probably because, you know, that's how they figured out the money. But it's like, why? <laughs> I feel like like like, like Sweeney used to have a sign on his desk. is like, if you got to do five years to make the deal happen, don't do it. Yeah. All of his, like, catastrophic deals are all five years. Bolesky, Bacchus, more. Yeah. All right. No five-year deals. That's easy enough for me. So... All right, so now I'm going to ask you a very difficult question because you're not going to like this. 
if you have to give up a roster forward of Heinen or Bjork, which one are you gonna do? I I know, I, honey, 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 honey. I know, I know. I I hate this. I'm now. You know that. Okay, I'm gonna preface this by saying you know that I'm not a person who says I hate Danton Heinen. I have said that I struggle to understand his game. Right. I'm not saying this out of like, I want to get these guys out of town. I'm looking at it like we have to, I, oh my God, he's biting his hand. He's so upset. Jeff is so upset by this prospect. I am so sorry. I feel miserable now. Um, the, the thing is. I've been quietly trying to deal with this for like a week and a half. Okay. Oh God. Because like, so you can feel it after three scratches and healthy scratches in a row. Like it, I they know. are trading China and it is a fucking mistake. I okay so and now you've made it real thank you no no awesome I'm not (laughs) making it real do you think my words flowing through this microphone you said it out loud I've been like trying to keep this bottle up I'll stumble across it on Twitter and quickly scroll because I know it but I don't want to acknowledge that this team is fucking trading Danton Heinen and it's transparently obvious whether it's now or at the draft I don't know but this team is trading Danton Heinen and I'm kind of upset about it okay you know what (laughs) good talk about it Talk about it. Look, look, okay, I, I don't, I, I just, like, I don't understand the, okay, I've been all, all year, I am, like, you know, I mean, there, there's a certain sector of Bruins Twitter that are, like, the most hardcore Danton Heinen stands, and I am up there, because I just don't understand the dislike. It's like, okay, fine, maybe you don't really get what he's doing out there, but how can you look at him and say he's causing harm? Right. Well, let's fucking face it. Some of these same fan favorites, namely Chris fucking Wagner, is having a garbage goddamn season. And they signed him for three more years for the pay raise. I'm getting kind of upset about that. Yeah, they signed him too soon, I think. Way too fucking soon. You don't re-sign a player like him. You know who was going to be that next that next fourth-line right wing? It was going to be fucking Carson Kuhlman or Anton Bleed or goddamn it. They had people around that could do it. And instead, they're going to trade Danton Heinen. Um... Right. Um, I think I think the frustration that I have with Denton Heinen is knowing that he does all the right things defensively, you know, or he does a lot of really good things that you don't you don't really know unless you watch him. And it's really hard to just watch one player during a game, especially when they don't show, especially if you're watching on TV, you don't always see it. Right. Well, I, 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 I get uh, I think that people are frustrated that he doesn't score as much as they think he should. Fuck, people are underrating how much of how good Coyle and and Johansson were in the playoffs. You know who was on their wing the entire fucking fucking run? Was Danton goddamn Heinen. And he was doing a lot of the fucking heavy lifting there. Mm -hmm. Probably more so than Johansson. To be perfectly fucking honest, and I was loving and I was loving loving Jojo in the playoffs. He was great. You know who was also really fucking good? Dan motherfucking Heinen. And like, 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 I don't know. What do people want from him? It's like, yeah, he can put up that 40 goal season as a 40 point season or whatever as a rookie. And that would be super. But what in the actual fuck is wrong with, you know, we're, we're looking at, hang on, let me catch this. I have numbers in front of me here. Right now they're looking at, you know, he, he had 34, he had 34 points last year. How is that like, Okay, and in the same number of games as the 47 points the year before, but like, that's not like, considering what else he brings, like, that's just not necessary. Like, like I don't get it. And he's, 
I don't, but like, how can I know? It's like, how can anyone have a real problem with Danton Heinen's game this year? Yeah, he he's just become the whipping boy because somehow finally people can no longer justify blaming Tuca. People can no longer justify blaming Tori Krug. So it's got to be Heinen, and Heinen's the only one that catches the fucking fire. Why? Because he's not the mayor of fucking Walpole. That's why. I I agree with you. He's not. He's not the poorly erased whiteboard that is Joachim Nordstrom. He's not the, except he he's not the he, he's not the absurd inconsistency that is that is Sean Corrali like, like the fuck, <laughs> he isn't the abyss that's been that, 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 that's that's been to the right of uh, of David Krejci, like he's Dan Heinen like we know what he is and what he is is great, it delivers what he does at a pretty good price yeah okay fine maybe you want some more points from him but like he's a third line winger a really good third line winger you know what third line winger score 30 something points yep and fine maybe someone thinks he can be that 40 he he can be that 47 point player and and you and and maybe he somehow brings in someone who scores more but still brings good defensive value fine maybe him at a first gets you gets you Kyle Palmieri maybe Anything more than that, though, and I will be up th- and I will be up fucking set. Okay, you are upset now. I know. I, I, oh no 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 no! You have no idea. I will be like 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 like. <sighs> Needless to say. Anyway, going back to your original question. <sighs> he will obviously keep the team. Will obviously keep Bjork. They've stuck him out this long. However. Heinen is still the better player than Ender than Anders Bjork. Okay, I'm going to counter right now. I'm going to say that Bjork is the shinier object, and he might be the one that gets more traction. In which case, because I think it could very well come down to one of those two players has to go somewhere. Okay, I hate it. It's the reality. Trust me, I'd be very upset too if it were one of my favorite players going somewhere else. If they, because remember, I had to live through two years of they're going to trade Brandon Carlo, and that sucked. And now he's something, so they won't trade him. But they didn't know what they had then. Here's the thing, though. I'm like, I'm of the view that they're both better, play, probably long term better players than Jake DeBrusque. And there's no talk of fucking Jake DeBrusque. That's true. There is no talk of trading Jake DeBrusque, and they have to well, sign him. Well, DeBrusque's also on a hot streak right now. But like long term, I am genuinely of the view that they're both probably they're certainly better. Go, go, probably right now, both are better all around players than Jake DeBrusque is. Jake DeBrusque just scores more because he's got some good hands and he plays with David Krejci on a reliable basis. Which you know, realistically speaking, this team best built those two play on either side of of Charlie Coyle. Please, I just want that. Just find a winger. Don't send them out. Do whatever it takes. Otherwise, except probably Stuttnika because let's face it, we need someone because again. My view that, well, A, I think both Krejci and Bergeron are retiring at the end of their respective contracts. Let's just, like, sorry. I have, I, I have a bunch of weeks of not being on the show to get out of me right now. <laughs> I, I am sorry that I asked it and made you very upset. I, I, But it had to be asked because it is a possibility that to get someone, we're going to have to give up someone on the roster. It would be great if it were defense. I, I get it, but it's just so... It's just so dumb that, like, if you're this team, like, well, starters, I mean, like, I was just complaining about the price for Brad Blake Coleman, but look at them. They didn't have to give up anyone on their fucking roster to get a great player. And that might not happen. I'm. It's something that we have to explore, 
I feel like that's something that we have to do. People are going to want to hear what other fans are thinking about this. Here's here's the thing, though. They didn't have to give up an arm or a leg, but they have to give it. They gave up a foot. So, <laughs> I mean, they only, to be fair, they had two, and they kept one, and then they kept the defenseman one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim, bright side. <laughs> yeah, it maybe it maybe it won't be something like that. Maybe it'll be any number of other things. Okay, maybe it'll be. Gosh, could we get rid of Zaboral? I would love that. Could somebody take on a Zaboral? You know, maybe it will be somebody like uh, Frederick or somebody. I don't know. I mean, honestly, if you're a team like um, uh, the the Devils, like I would think that like I hate to do this to you, Timmy, but Swayman would probably sway. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, just because you're pissed off about Dan Heinen, don't you dare bring Jeremy (laughs) Swayman into this. I think there's going to be a fight. <laughs> Do I have to send you both to the box for five minutes? Jeez. Jeff, you can instigate her for that. No, 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 that wasn't a full fight. We just get we just get matching roughing penalties for that one. Okay. <laughs> Look, you know what? I was at the gym today and I was thinking about this. And I was thinking about the, the Coleman trade. And I was thinking about the Zucker one before that. And I was thinking about what it's going to take to get Paul Mary. Okay. I'm not thinking about what it's going to get to Kasha. I'm not thinking about what it'll get to, to, it will take to get to Foley, which that trade is supposedly in his pocket. He can just pull the trigger at any time. Now, though, after Tafoli getting a hat trick two days ago <sighs> and all these other trades. Uh, yeah, no, I, can't. I, I believe <laughs> that our our response here in our living room was trade for him now. <laughs> right now, think, before the word I gets think, out. <laughs> I think my response is, it was it Jimmy Murphy that actually said that he has the trade in the back pocket? Because I'm sure he does, according to Jimmy Murphy. No, no, it was Elliot Friedman. Oh, interesting. Okay. He, he said that on Someone, his 31. That was a long thoughts. time ago. And like, like, honestly, I didn't really believe it. Cause like who advertises that you got a trade worked out that you can pull any time, but you don't know if you will. Like if you say that out loud, if you're fucking Rob Blake, you're looking elsewhere because like, well, I what the fuck should I wait? Do we'll, we'll wait for you for this is what, if you've got a trade, you've already worked out. Maybe I can do better in the meantime. Like that was such horseshit. Like that entire concept was bullshit. Well, Elliot Friedman thought he had something to say about it. So he did. In January 12th, that's what he said. Okay. I know. I know. I know. I, I'm just saying that Elliot Friedman is not one of those bullshit artists like Jimmy Murphy. So, you know, he has a certain standing in the hockey reporting community and the hockey insider realm. So I would tend to think that what he said maybe was true at the time and maybe it's not true now. That's fine. But. You know, the fact of the matter is, we need that second line right wing. I do have one thing about the whole trade deadline. I think that we are going to see a very, very, very inactive Bruins team. Ooh, that's a hot take. You don't think they fixed the hole, huh? I, I don't. I just with how they're they've plugged in bleed and coolman and stuff like that, I honestly could see them not doing anything. 
And that, I mean, plugging those guys in coupled with like the prices of other people, I think you see uh, Sweeney come out and say at the end of the deadline when they don't do anything that, yeah, we had some irons in the fire, but at the end of the day, we didn't like what the players were going to cost. And so we didn't make the deals. I hate to say it. I would, I want them to make a deal. I want to solve this problem. I don't think Coleman's the, the solving the problem, although he has some play uh, playoff experience, and we know he has an extra gear. We don't know. About but he's that, ultimately but we... not fixing that 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 spot is why we didn't. Is one of the big reasons they didn't win the cup last year. Right, right. So you know, like it or not, he has to make a deal. Like I do genuinely think if Boston, well, I was about to say if Boston gets Mark Stone last year, they win the cup, but then they don't get. Jojo, and I don't know if they get to the finals without Jojo, but then again, Mark Stone. <laughs> Assuming that the coil trade happened anyway. This is in that scenario, obviously. Yeah, but say that happens, depending on what you gave up, is Stone here right now? Probably not. No, no, there was no way they were good. If they traded for Stone, they weren't going to resign him and sentence. That guy got $72 million. Yeah, they yeah. Weren't and he deserved it absolutely, but like Boston wasn't giving it to him. No, Boston couldn't give it to him. We struggled to sign whomever we signed this year. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so so you don't think they don't? You, you really think they get no one, eh, Tim? It's just a weird feeling that I have, and maybe it's because like in other sports that I follow, I hear you hear so much like stuff and talk and then like nothing actually happens and i just i i just feel like they're not going to do anything i just feel like there's going to be a lot a lot of smoke and mirrors and stuff like that and then at the end of the day they're just not going to end up with anyone and question a lot of people on, on on Bruins Twitter last week were getting kind of upset about this being a possibility. I don't really know why they were upset about this being voiced as a possibility. Jumbo. Oh, oh, Jumbo! <laughs> so many people were just like, "This is a terrible. This would be a terrible idea." I'm like, I mean, like, why? Why would it be a terrible idea? <laughs> Could his trade remain? I mean, could his beard remain in San Jose <laughs> as part of the deal? <laughs> I mean, that might be enough to get him to nix it. To nix it, he does have an NMC. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I, oh. I I wasn't personally upset about it. I did crack a joke to to one of my Corali girls um, about how hey, we could just send Sean Corali back as part of the package going back, and, because you know he was drafted by them. And they were like, don't say it. Shut up. You quiet. You know, so it's like, uh, you know, I was joking around about it. But I like, like, in all honesty, like, why not? Like, why, why, why do you think people are so viscerally opposed? Because he's old. I mean, like, but I mean, he's not Jumbo anymore, but he's still Joe Thornton. I mean, even at, you know, 40, he still has like, he still brings like, like, some good things to the table maybe not as much as he could but like maybe people are afraid that if uh if if david posternock scores four goals that he'll whip out his schlong i mean like 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 how great would it be thornton came back to boston and then like in the cup winning game scored four goals and boom gray bush <laughs> no 
I don't <laughs> want to see that. I don't want to see. I mean, you wouldn't see it. They wouldn't be broadcast. <laughs> and like, like just how just how perfect <clears throat> would it be if that actually happens? It happens back at the garden, you know. I mean, I mean, I correct me. Did he start? Did he start? Was it still the at the? Was it still the old garden, or was it the Fleet Center by then at the beginning of his career? Anyone? Oh, I don't know. It was ninety-seven. Sorry, he he his first year was ninety seven ninety eight. Yeah, it was the new garden. Okay, so we never played in the old garden, but like, okay, come back to the ice where he start where his career started. Gets his cup, dick out, swings um, <laughs> and hangs dong off into the distance. You know. <laughs> Here, here's the thing with that: he scored two goals this year. He would literally have to double his entire season output in one game, randomly in the playoffs. I mean, and that's pretty fair. And and four goals, um, is a pretty high percentage of even his best season uh, goal scoring. He's not a goal scorer. That's fine. His his, his, his most goals he ever scored in a season was twenty nine. In uh, uh, he had thirty six. He had thirty six. Oh, oh, way back three. when he was in Boston. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That was clearly an outlier because... Oh, 37, too. Just kidding. He had two years of 30. He had 37 in 2000, 2001, and then 36 in 2002, 2003. And then he never broke 30 again. That's fucking weird. No, in in, in, um, uh, in 2000, 2001, more goals than assists for Joe Thornton. That's fucking strange. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I can't wrap my head around that. Like I don't think I can understand that. He's not a goal scorer. He never has been, except there it is. Anyway, I just don't understand why people get like so. We're getting so viscerally up in arms about that. They were almost as angry about you know, but as that about that this week as they were about you know people reclining seats in airplanes. I mean, I just I don't know. He's he's his faceoff percentage is under fifty percent right now. He's I mean he's a forty year old hockey player on a really bad team. I mean, that's kind of what it is. I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. The Bruins got picked up, um, uh, picked him up and nothing else. Like, that'd be uncool. But, like, like people seem to be, like, upset at the notion of picking him up at all. I'm just like, why? You know, if San Jose put him outside of the SAP Center with a free Joe Thornton to a good home, you know, sure, that's fine. But I'm not sure I want to give up too much stuff for him. Right? Yeah. So there you go. That's that's my answer. With how they've played after the break, with plugging in guys, with the trades that have happened and how high the prices have been, I it just seems like a real like perfect storm to do nothing. So you're going on the idea that 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 they'll like the chemistry that's happening and and then that will be good enough. I think so. I mean, because here's the thing, like if they would have, if they like literally, if they had had a trade in their back pocket a month and a half ago, that's when I would have made a deal for Toffoli or someone like that, because then you have time to gain that chemistry and stuff like that before the deadline to see if you do need to do anything else. And they didn't do that. They've hold they've held off. They haven't made any deals. They've kind of, they wrote out a really bad stretch. They are playing really well since coming back from the all-star break and having their bye week. They're like what nine and one or something like that in the last 10. So I just, 
to me, it seems like a perfect storm of we tried, but we just didn't like anything that was out there. I think they're going to they're going to make a move, but I, I think it might not be a name that we know and it might be a little underwhelming. It might take a while to figure it out what it means. I mean, that's the other thing. I think that if they maybe if they do do something, we got Marcus Johansson last year. I think it's going to be a Marcus Johansson type or like, I mean, below. I'll give them a lot. I'll give Sweeney a lot of leeway here. I think we here on this podcast we're up, we're disappointed with last year's trade deadline haul of Coyle and uh, and and Johansson like and Johansson like across the board we weren't happy with it right and we were all wrong all three of us are on the record of being unhappy about both trades and, and like, we were and we were wrong <laughs> yeah it's, it's almost like we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about and we're just you know no different than um, and then Joe Blow sitting there on uh, sitting uh, sitting there on his blue Bruins themed uh, man cave with a crushing a beer weird <laughs> well, first of all, I will tell you that... Or Jane Blow, I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> first of all, I'm not in my Bruins woman cave. I am in my my guest room, which is full of mermaids and HP Lovecraft and maps of various places. So, you know, I don't have a map of Rhode Island. I have to fix that. But anyway, my point is this, is that I, um, you know, uh, I, I we are fanalists. I like that term. I found it somewhere... So if you coin that term, thank you. I don't remember where I saw it, but we don't have affiliations with the teams. We do not work with hockey teams. Uh, Tim's probably our closest to that. Um, and uh, you know what? We have the right to have our opinions and we have the right to be right and wrong. And uh, you know what? If the Bruins do something and I don't like it and then it turns out to be great, I'm happy to be wrong. I'd rather be I, I, uh, in that situation. I'd very much rather be wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I believe in Don Sweeney, but, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. I was going to say, like, when we were figuring what they were going to do for centers, Charlie Coyle was it was not on any of our lists of... Uh, no, I remember last year when we did an episode of what, what, what we think they should do and what he should do. I don't believe Charlie Coyle was on either of column, any either column for any of the three of us. As far as we knew, Charlie Coyle was not in play ever, you know? shows us what we knew and you know what i gotta tell you after this past weekend i'm very happy that charlie Coyle is on our team and before this i was like that too but there have been times where i've been like come on charlie do something so everything i've come to get understand about charlie Coyle in general is that that's like that's, that's sort of the thing you now i've talked to people that inexplicably follow the wild <laughs> And the big thing with Charlie Coyle is, yes, we've seen this in Boston. When the puck is his, you are not taking it away from him. However, he's at least even off to not do anything with it. There's that, yep. <laughs> at least. But that's fine. He's a third-line third center. He doesn't need to do stuff with the puck, but if you can't take it away from him, it means no one else is doing stuff with it. That's true, too. You know what would have been really fun is if Jake and Z uh, Jason Zucker could have come here because you know how I love the bromances and the friendships and stuff. They're best friends. That would have been a great plan. See? Maybe we could trade with Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, Bill Guerin? Instead of, like, helping out your former team, you help out fucking Tampa. Like, what are you doing? I'm just going to say, that's like the only team Tampa did get Bill Guerin didn't play for. 
<laughs> Maybe he really wanted to, and he just never did. So now he's helping. Yeah, actually, I out. gotta look into this now. How many teams did he play for? I know he played for approximately <laughs> everywhere. I just want to know what the plus minus on that is. I'll, I'm gonna guess nine. I'm gonna say eleven, just for fun. Okay, so he played for the Devils for a long time, actually, and the Oilers, and the Bruins, and the Stars, and the Blues. And the Sharks, and the Islanders, and then the Pens. That is eight. Eight. Eight teams. Ah, it was one off. Damn. Should have gone with one dollar. You know, some <laughs> of those stops were longer than you'd expect them to be. Like, he was with the Stars for three seasons. I mean, technically, <clears throat> four, cause one, technically four because the lockout was in there too, right? <laughs> and honestly, he was only with Boston for like a year and a half, and... For whatever reason, I just oh, remember two full seasons, but or close to two full seasons because there were sixty-four games and seventy-eight games. True. So, yeah. I just remember him very vividly here. For hey, whatever losing reason. him to UFA got the Bruin Boston the compensation pick that drafted Patrice Bergeron. <gasps> <sighs> anyway, so so like you know, Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin was a very is very is low key very important to Boston Bruins history. Right. We're gonna have to see what's gonna happen. Maybe something will happen before we record next. You know, we'll see when we're recording next because Jeff has plans for us. Oh, for us collectively for once. Yeah. Right, right. For he has plans. I have for a vision. Us. I have a vision. Right. He has a vision. Is it a vision of love? Are you Mariah Carey in this scenario? Because that would be fun. Um, but anyway, he has a vision for us and we will hopefully be able to talk about what did or didn't happen in pretty real time uh, next week. Now, as it is, um, I don't want to piss anybody else off. I don't want to make anybody unhappy. So let's talk about some games that happened this week. I know you probably didn't get to see a lot, but let's just we'll just do a real, real quick recap. I'm sure you talked about Detroit when you recorded with Nick. So oh, the, yes, the, the yes, first Detroit game. So let's just say, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the game against the Habs, the Habs at the Bruins, the last of the series for this year, guys. Last time we see the Habs, uh, that was a fun game because uh, Pasta had a pasta trick. He yeah. just, he just... He just does not like him. He just likes murdering the fuck out of Eastern Canadian teams. Look out, Ottawa. Mm-hmm. You scored so many goals against the Habs and the Leafs at this point. <laughs> yep. Also, I believe it was the first time a player had had two hat tricks in the same season against the Habs since Gordy Howe in like the fifties. I think it's awesome. It was fantastic. I believe his last one was the one where I was saying that the Bruins were in the process of firing Claude for a second time. Yet somehow this has now happened twice, and Claude still works for the team. I mean, like, good for him, but uh, and it's not his fault. Like, like the bottom line is apparently, even if you look at the underlyings, that team is playing really well. It's just they don't have the, they don't have any talent. And Pasta's good. Can we just say that Pasta's really good? Um, yeah, yeah. This this David Pasternak guy. Uh, you know, I think he's pretty okay. Um, <laughs> something about uh, scoring eighty two points in sixty games. There, you know, forty forty two of forty eighty two, and there's still twenty two games left in the season. There's so this David Pasternak guy. He's pretty all right. Yeah. <laughs> wow, he whipped out the full Canadian there. 
Oh, what the fuck you talking about there, you hoser? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Uh, he's been up there for like 20 years. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Pasta's pretty good. He, he turns out he's pretty okay. I think he's going to make it in this league, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, no. I, I think so. I think he, he's going to be a bright, bright shining star in this league. Yet the NHL will never use him as a, the face of their league. He That's is fun. He is fun. He is adorable. He is just, he, he's everything Absurd. you want. Yes. <laughs> Tuka Rask has called him a walking, talking cartoon. He dresses like P.K. Subban, but without the swagger. He just like, why? Why would I dress any other way? Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, you're right. He closest, I mean, P.K.'s got the whole thing down. And, you know, Pasta is has got the dressing down. That's really cool. Um, also, can we just talk about how Austin Matthews has no fashion sense? Please stop trying to make him something he isn't. I was going to say the only thing people should do when someone asserts that on Twitter is tweet whatever the fuck he is he wore to that game to, to, to whatever to, to, to that one game in Boston last year during the playoffs. You know, I believe that was called um, middle school lost and found bin chic. Well, they were awful clothing, clothing items that have nothing to do with one another. And and none of them fit because they're not your clothes. You, you don't have fashion sense just because you throw whatever the fuck you feel like throwing on. You you have fashion sense when you throw whatever the fuck. Right. When you throw things on and they look good on you. Um, I also have something to say about this Austin Matthews fellow. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with his fashion sense or okay. lack thereof. All right. I am sick and tired of the National Hockey League, the NBC station where the National Hockey League is played on, and all of them shoving him down our throats, trying to make him and his porn star mustache the face of the league. Um, I am really sick and tired of how this man who thought it was okay to see how, what a woman would do if he would like try to get in her car and then pull down his pants and be like, yo, this is my butt. He thought that would be funny. We need to stop pushing this guy down our throats, please. Can um, you please give me someone else? I, I'll add to the way this is happening is at this exact moment on NHL.com, listed in the goal leaders. Now, Austin Matthews and David Posternock both have 42 goals. Guess who's, who's guess whose face shows up as the uh, as the default at the top of the list in bold. So the only face you actually see unless you scroll through the list is it Matthews? It is Austin Matthews. Fuck at that. this exact moment, right now. Also, at this exact moment, moment right a trade happened. Tyler Toffoli has been traded to the Vancouver Canucks. That's a waste. Okay. Well, hey, thank you for the breaking news, Tim. We no longer have to talk about Tyler Toffoli. Tim, thank you. Thank you for that. Because, you know, even though he was acquitted on those charges, common sense, even drunk common sense would say, don't fuck around with women at two o'clock in the morning. Don't try to scare them. Don't don't try to have sex with them. If they don't don't do anything to them, don't even say hi to them. Just leave them alone. Yep, exactly. And 
the fact that he thought it would be funny. He thought it was a joke. Oh, sorry, I was drunk. I'm young. It was funny. And everyone, oh, we all make mistakes. No, not every single male who's 22 years of age gets drunk and makes that quote-unquote mistake. No, it's it's terrible. It's awful. And we should they should stop trying to push them down our throats and maybe use someone who has a little more sense in that. So I'm just going to say that odds on whatever this price for Toffoli is that the Canucks paid, we're probably going to cry. And it's probably going to be a lot. It, you know, although it can't be that much, they don't have their own first this year. Well, that's true, too. And they can't commit to trading their next their, their next year's first because if this year's is a lottery is, is a lottery pick, then, or not a lottery, but like a top 10 pick, um, then then next year's is... Uh, then, then, that, then the condition... The, the, pick that now belongs to the devils becomes that pick. So they can't trade their 2021 first either. Unless there's a condition that says, unless the conditions on this other pick become hey, activated, in which case it gets bumped further down. Blah, 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 kaboom. Anyway, this better not be a price that we could have afforded. Yep. That's, but no, it was in their back pocket all along. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I I would point out that not half an hour. Okay, it was probably like forty five minutes ago. I said that that entire concept was nonsense. Weird. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I wonder what the, I wish we knew what they gave up. We don't know any details yet. Dreger just reported four minutes ago that Foley had been traded to the Canucks. And there was um, I think um, LeBron. Give me a second on this. I just said that. We won't know for like, but it says uh, LeBron says I'm told to expect an announcement within within the hour. All right. So like, okay. it could be um a bit before we actually hear the terms. All right. Well, let's get back to talking about the games. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that instead. So you know what's really great uh, about the the Bruins lately is that they have been shooting a lot. In that game against the Canucks, they had 38 shots on goal. Uh, the game on Saturday against the Red Wings, they had uh, 41. And against the Rags on Sunday, they had 34. This is all very good because remember, we've gone through periods of time where they weren't shooting at all. And it was like, what the fuck? But that Habs game, that was uh, that was a fun thing to watch. Watching Pasta get his pasta trick. It was his fourth pasta trick of the season. The first one was against Anaheim. I saw that one in person. So the second one was against Montreal on the 26th of November. The next one was against Winnipeg in uh, January, on the 9th of, of January. And the last one was uh, 2-12-20 against Montreal. So that was fantastic. He regained the lead there. And wow, Gallagher was an ass <laughs> all night. You know, it's funny thing about watching that game. I know he's being an ass, and that, that game sort of demonstrates that that it would never happen. I honestly, for years, quietly, one desperately wanted Gallagher to be in Boston because, like, can you imagine having like Marshawn and Gallagher on the same line because they play opposite wings? Yeah, the twin terrors. Yeah, <laughs> and just like just a pair of fucking mosquitoes. They're both five nine. <laughs> <laughs> both five nine, both rats, and, and they, they both clearly have a certain um, uh, professional respect for what they do because they both know that they're very similar players. Just you know, Brad's like the triple grade A prime version, and Gallagher's like you know, the poor man's version. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Br- Brad's like you know the wagyu beef, and uh, 
Gallagher's like going to the Arby's drive thru. No, that's not fair at all. That's not fair at all to Gallagher. Gallagher's better than Arby's. <laughs> Gallagher's Gallagher's just basic grocery store steak where his bread is his wagyu. Is wagyu. <laughs> like, so, so Gallagher's like a grocery store bone I'm uh, um, um, uh, bone and ribeye, whereas where whereas bread is a like a it's like a two inch thick wagyu tomahawk, tomahawk ribeye. <laughs> well, thanks to Gallagher and Chara getting irritated by him. Chara got a $5,000 fine, the maximum allowed under the CBA for cross-checking him after he basically just um, embellished. And he was like, oh, he's embellishing. But The aftermath of that whole thing just like this just makes me want to quit hockey media altogether. It's yeah. like, fuck everything. Like, come the fuck on. Like, yeah, okay, he got a fine, you know? I mean, like, it was a dangerous play. But, like, I'm not entirely sure it was fine-worthy, but sure, whatever. But like it's a like, fine. Go the, fuck, go the fuck home, people that are complaining about it being the worst thing ever. Considering most of you are fucking Leafs fans anyway. Oh my god, Leafs fans are the worst. Like they're actually worse than Habs fans, and like Habs fans are pretty fucking whiny. And like you know, I'm assuming if something happens to a Hab anywhere, they still reflexively blame Milan Lucic or Chara or Chara. Yeah. All right. Well, you got to find, and we're moving on. So that Red Wings game. I don't know if anybody else was like me, but Bruins hadn't won a game against the Red Wings all season up to this point, or for or didn't do well against them last year either. Too like it'd been a it'd been a bit bad run. It was like five or six games in a row, except for that best game that we saw where the Bruins scored eight on them. That was we, beautiful. It was we were in the sweet. We were. Oh my god, that sweet was fantastic. But anyway, was uh, that a positive game? It was. It was a posture game, and Anders Bjork scored a goal, if I recall. And I think Jake DeBrusque was close to a hat trick. He got two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jake had J Dubs had had two goals, and then just good game. Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic game. Anyway, um, so I I didn't have high hopes yet. We traveled into Boston not to go to the game. We we watched from the force. Um, yeah. So uh, on our way in, we heard about Darren Helm scoring the shorthanded goal. Not great. Not a great look. It didn't matter because like then Char- then various Charlies happened. Oh, my God. This was like fucking Charlie weekend. <laughs> Charlie weekend. The charlining. Yes. Um... The chuckening is upon us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the chuckening. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, I like that one. The chuckening is upon us. Yeah, so uh, Charlie McAvoy in the eight eight oh one in the second got his second goal. Incidentally, so, Charlie McAvoy apparently only scores goals without help. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Unassisted all the time, all the time, all day. He's like, I need no help, guys. I got it. Yeah, so he scored an eight oh one in the second. We had Bergie, a shorthanded goal. Oh, my God, for his 25th and Marshy's 49th assist see Bergie always needs a little bit of help he he doesn't really but you know he likes to he likes to take help from other people Bergie well, well, and Marshy are symbiotic at this point right you know like like you know you know what you know what Brad is you know what Brad is he's he's he's, he's Patrice's anger translator <laughs> well 
yeah, you know what? I do want to talk about that in the Rags game. I will talk about that in a little bit. But uh, And then Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle with his 13th of the year with McAvoy assisting and Heinen as well. So that was three goals and 429 of game time by the Bruins in the second period. So the Bruins never lost the lead, which is fantastic. Uh, I mean, after the second, I should say. And then Pasta just capped it off with his 42nd and Marshy's 50th assist, by the way. Indeed. Wow. You know, the funny aspect of that game was like there was this one thing where like Marshy was trying to bring Fabry back to the Boston bench or something. And the official had to push Fabry off. <laughs> but Brad's kind of feeling the troll mode right now, isn't it? And of course, we get to it more soon. Yes. Well, let's just head right over into the Sunday game because back to backs mean that we get to talk about them quickly. Bruins playing at the Rags down at Madison Square Garden. This is also and the, the end. chuckening continues. The chuckening continues, man. First period, uh, was it 1918? So almost the end of the period, McAvoy scores his third goal unassisted. Now, it was originally credited to Chris Wagner because it looked like it bounced off him, but apparently it didn't. What I think is impressive about that whole sequence is that Wags is storming towards the net and he stops just short. So he does not even make any contact with Georgiev. And that was impressive. And of course, it that was such a fluky goal because it just it bounced up and over the glove hand. Of Georgiev. <laughs> oh my god, it was so beautiful. Loved that goal. So at first we all thought it was Wags, but it turns out it was uh, credited to McAvoy. That's fine. The chuckening. That's three goals. Two of them this weekend. And then, and then, and then Charlie Coyle in the second with a short, with the most, with like a Brad scale shardy. Mm-hmm. Just that coast to coast run, right? You do not oh. expect a six three guy to be able to move down the ice like that. For a and if he starts effort. moving down the ice like that, that goal's going in because you're getting the fuck out of the way because he's a bus. Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, uh, he's 6'3", like 220 or something. You don't want that. You don't no, want no, any No, 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 that's, 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 that's a bus that isn't going below 50 miles an hour, even when it hits you. <laughs> I think that's the second of the year. The, the Bruins haven't done too many shorthanded goals, but I'm pretty sure that Coyle has two, at least. Because I I've think seen it was, make... yeah. So he said, Bergy, that's okay. I got the shorthanded goal today. That was 18-42 in the second. So goals were hard to come by in this game. Oh, yes. In the second period, ready? We had a couple of things happen. One, Krejci on his follow-through. I think it was on his follow-through. High-sticked Ryan Lindgren. Really grotesquely. That was a bloody, bloody mess. And Ryan Lindgren after that was like, I have fucking had it with all of you. So... In, in the second, right in front of the net, you know, play had stopped. He decides he's going to shove Bergy. And Marshy's like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. You don't touch my Bergy. Now, he went to go for Lindgren. Well, you ain't going to touch my man. <laughs> right? He went to cross check him, and he also got cross checked in the back, which did not get counted. Uh, called. So um, that was that was a mess, but it was just like, yeah, you don't mess with Bergy. You know, I mean, Bergy can handle himself. Obviously, nothing was going to happen there. But Marshy was like, fuck you. <laughs> um, Just an update on this Toffoli trade. OK, so, 
Um, so apparently it's an NHL player, a prospect, and a conditional pick if Toffoli resigns with Vancouver. The player going to L.A. is none other than the doctor, Tim Schaller. Oh! This doesn't count as a flick spec. They're just dumping Schaller because they don't want him anymore then. He hasn't been that great. And he's he has been not been great since scratched. leaving Boston. Yeah. yeah. Healthy scratched a bunch, so. Yeah. Apparently, we'll see who the prospect is, but it's a prospect, Schaller, and a conditional pick, and they only get the pick if, apparently, if Toffoli resigns with Vancouver. Okay. All right. Which I sincerely doubt they have any plans to, because they got a lot of guys that are going to be doing contracts soon, and some of them will be large, like, you know, Pedersen. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. <clears throat> All right, getting back to the game. In the third, you had Zibanejad. He scored a power play goal. He always he's always he always scores against Boston. That's what it is. Yeah, he's he's but a he's, he's, he's dangerous. He's he's like Patrick Maroon or um or 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 or, or, or Thomas Vanek. You know, it's just a, it, he's going to score against Boston. It's what it is. Right. And the difference though is, I actually like Zibanejad a lot, and I kind of wish he played for Boston. Yeah. Yeah, it's Manchester. Zibanejad's low key amazing player like just like 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 quietly great right and he's the guy that you always see who does damage against you and you're just like just come on over to our side do you really want to be here like like look around you do you do you want to be part of this i bet i bet he kind of likes being in in new york honestly but you know whatever what do i know that and then you know in the third period we also had carson coleman get called for interference when uh, I didn't know that if you fell down while somebody pushed you down, that 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 was interference. It was it was a blown call. It was a terrible call. It should not have been called against him. But whatever, it didn't really matter because Bergy came back twenty sixth goal of the year. Marshy's fifty first assist. These two guys, these two guys, so fantastic together. And that is your games of the week. Love seeing the Bruins outscore the other teams. Love seeing them finally win against the Red Wings. Love seeing them beat the Habs again. And uh, the Rags, we're all done with them. We beat them all three games. So it's fantastic. Let's go. Oh, wait a minute. I keep saying that the... uh, No, 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 no. The Red Wings. They'll see the Red Wings one more time. Ugh, Fuck it, whatever. Really, really, we're not done with this yet. I thought I thought we were done, oh, but I think we we'll see March them one 24th, more time. Eh? Oh, it's a Tuesday. Uh, I won't see that game anyway. I'll be at trivia. <laughs> Let's just talk about some injuries again. This week, Bruce Cassidy came out and said that he knew nothing about Kevin Miller. He said he's not close. He's skating, but he's not ready for contact, and he knows nothing. He doesn't know of any other setbacks, but he doesn't know anything at all. Um, that means that that's that that means that he's never playing for Boston again. But we knew that he's dead. We've been through, we've been through yep. that for you. And Connor Clifton uh, was due to come back this week, but he has been sent down to Providence for an LTI conditioning loan. Yep. Yep. That's... Buy some time. Boston picks up some salary by having him on LTIR a little longer. You know, whatever. Yep. yep. And uh, what was it? Uh, I was going to say Joachim Nordstrom did return to the lineup this week after his medical allergy issue. And so I'm curious as to what that is, but uh, he's it's a weird wording. 
Yeah, yeah, because at first when they said an allergy issue, I thought that they were probably talking about a similar thing to Marion Hosa. But then it seems like they updated the terminology this week, which makes me wonder if he had like an an actual anaphylactic incident episode. Yeah. yeah, and and that obviously would keep you out of the lineup for a while because you have to learn how to breathe again <laughs> and make sure that your body isn't going to have a similar reaction again. And uh, it takes a little bit of time to recover from those things. So, yeah. Um, so I don't know what it was exactly. Again, as I've said before, it's none of my business because, you know, this is a personal medical thing. I can only speculate. And that is the world of Bruins injuries this week. So, let's get to all this week then. Yes, we'll let's, let's Oh, talk about fuck. It. I'm not. Oh, Western Canada road trip. So these are like stupid start times. Yep, it is. So our week starts off Wednesday, the 19th of February at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time in Edmonton. Interesting start time. It's a very curious start time. 9.30 for me. Not great. Nope. Could be nope. worse. Yep. Um, Gets worse later in the week. Increasingly so. Followed that on Friday, that's the 21st, with a uh, 9 p.m. Eastern start time against Calgary. Mm-hmm. Not great, but I understand. Followed on back-to-back by the next night on the 22nd, that is Saturday, at 10 p.m. Eastern time start time against Vancouver. That is an 11 p.m. Eastern, si- Eastern start for me. Gross. I am the second worst hockey viewing time hockey North American hockey viewing time zone, of course, after Newfoundland, because those because because those weird cod adult motherfuckers work on a half hour. <laughs> yeah, so that eight thirty start tomorrow night is like a ten o'clock start for uh Newfies, huh? Uh yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's awful. And wow. Okay. Well, this is going to be the 11th back-to-back of 13. So only two more to go. Only. Um, now that said, look, for the sheer number of back-to-backs this team has had this month, it's, 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 um, it, it ain't a bad schedule. It, it ain't a bad record. Yeah, Bob Beers said uh, on the broadcast the other day that it, it was really more of a, when you play three games in four days or six games in eight days or something like that, uh, so schedules like that tend to be worse on teams than back-to-backs. Like The way they've been doing it, they've been doing back-to-backs, a few days off, and then a game, and then back-to-backs um, after a couple days off. So he said that's not actually as bad on the teams as you think it is. But it's just exhausting well, for us. Well, that's just it. Since, since the break, they've, they've played, you know, they play one, two, th- one, two, three, four back-to-backs, and have only lost one of those eight games. Not bad. Um, I ain't bad at all. Nope. So I, they just needed the break, and they got it. Thank God. Well, and importantly, all their, all most of their back to backs have been bracketed by two days on either side. This upcoming one is the exception. Okay, so the Toffoli trade is Tyler Madden. Tyler Madden, a twenty twenty second in addition to Schaller. Now, to give you some idea, Scott Wheeler, one of the guys that does prospects for The Athletic, his tweet is, the Canucks actually traded Tyler Madden for Tyler Toffoli, but why? I get it. Toffoli is a good player and the West is wide open, but still, why? 
Yeah, Tyler Madden's supposed to be pretty good. Hmm. I don't. I don't. Um. I don't. I don't feel good about how much Crider or Palmieri would cost now. Holy fuck! Like, like even sicker than I felt about that when we were rant- when I was ranting about the Blake Coleman trade. Super. Okay. Yeah, I. Uh... We're fucked. Yeah, I. We're so I, fucked. Yeah, they, there's no. <sighs> yeah, I I don't think they're gonna. They're not gonna end up with Kreider. They're not gonna end up with Palmieri. There's no chance. I don't want there's... Kreider. Am I wrong? Am I wrong for not wanting Kreider? You know, we got burned on the big fish two years ago. But Kreider doesn't fit the the second light right why uh, doesn't fit the second right. Wing he's a le- he's a left shot he's a left shot right like yeah this is why it's this is why Palmieri is the guy right right I don't want Kreider I don't want him okay I just don't I I have I don't know if I've said this before I don't want him he does not solve the problem I I'm looking at this like it's math we're solving for two RW getting a two LW does not help I don't want to put look. Debrusque is what he is on the left side. Putting him over on the right side does not solve it. No, no, it's not. No, we've seen that. It's not great. Let's not do that. Right. So it's like, guys, no Kreider. I I understand the purpose of drafting the best available. But when it comes to trade deadline stuff, it shouldn't come down to, I'm going to trade for the best available, whatever. You, you draft, I mean, trade to fill a need. God damn it. All right. Now I'm mad. I mean, that's just everyone. I mean, it's on... only fair that you're mad now, too, VA. I mean, yeah. Well, Tim I... and I have both been outraged already this game, oh, the, the, the show. So it's your turn. <laughs> I, I did not try to make you mad. I, I just asked you a question. It had to be asked. Oh, no, I'm just saying it's like it's, it's only fair that all of us get to be mad this episode. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, Bruins Twitter is blowing up, it's blowing a gasket already about this, and like, the Bruins need to go after Kreider now, that's like what people really are like, like, it's Kreider or bust, like, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, they're not going to trade for anyone, I'm telling you, they're not going to trade for I mean, for like, um, based on these prices, I'm not entirely sure I want them to anymore. Wow. Wow. Well, you know what? If the if if everybody thinks the solution is Kreider, then I say no, don't. Let's not do this. Um the prices are dumb. We know that they were going to be dumb. I just assumed that, you know, Tyler Toffoli was like a safe bet and they couldn't even pull that off. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think it's Chris Kreider. All right? The goal should not be to get all the local boys back. <laughs> yeah, no, it shouldn't be, but like here we are. This is what people want. All right. Well, with that, uh, yeah, so with that, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If this place lets you rate that, rate us, rate us highly and recommend your friends. Recommend us to your friends. 
I mean, we'll be friends with them, sure, recommend recommend them, but like that's not really productive from our perspective. <laughs> anyway, um, you can talk to us on Twitter, of course, at Barely on Topic, or on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. And of course, if you're a true masochist, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I, of course, am at Doctor Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at no Uncrider and Tim really does love me.com. Also known as at VA from RI. Tim. Word.